The 2023-24 hockey season is in full swing, and your Dallas Stars need you at American Airlines Center to help bring the intensity. Shot, tip, score! Don't miss your chance to experience the electrifying environment that Texas hockey has to offer this season. From huge hits to savage saves, American Airlines Center is the place to be as the Stars look towards the Stanley Cup. Secure your seats today at DallasStars.com. Did you miss us? How can you miss us if we don't go away? And oh, but have we been away. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Kingsville Brewery. Let's join the rush with your hosts, Daryl Razor Ray and Mike Heike. Some technical difficulties have kept us from recording our bloviations. But here we are, the Razor Boy and the individual I am now dubbing SWDSDC. Is that about right, Mike? I have no idea what that means, but I'll take it. Be senior writer, DallasStars.com, if you stuck periods in between them. I think that's SW, it rolls too, SWDSDC. Oh. The kids are going to be using it all the time. To you They know. love the acronym. Yeah. They love the acronym. That's going to replace GOAT. <laughs> Here, Mike, I'll start. Okay. okay. <laughs> since it's been hours since I saw you in the wee hours of the morning coming back from Denver. I'll start with some very important information today. Info that affects all of us in Stars Land. I... I would think beyond as well. Did you know we didn't have zip codes until 1963? That is shocking. Shocked me. I'm sure it's shocking people out there right now. Zip codes began in 1963. There you go. All right, smarty pants, I don't even know the answer to this, but what does ZIP mean? Is that an acronym? Yeah, there's a lot of words that start with Z. I think it's Zebra Intelligent uh, Permutations. I think I it was supposed is. to be like zone something, because that was your main zone. Zone information pertinent to international law. I think that's exactly right. I don't know what ZIP means. <laughs> I had no, I thought they, to be honest with you, I thought it'd been around since the Pony Express, Mike. Mm. But uh, I fear that uh, back in the day, people actually went to the post office to get their mail. Well, they're going to go elsewhere to get their pod man rushes than right here. If we continue this down this wormhole. <laughs> uh, so Mike, Heike, during our absence from the P rush, you flexed your insider fire starter muscles. How did that feel? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, interesting. Um, you know, it's. I'm curious. I think you're curious. I just want to know. I've talked to a bunch of people. And this is what I, I would like to do. So when I was at the morning news, they put up a paywall and our readership just sunk. 
it went to the floor. People don't want to pay for this stuff. And so I came to the uh, stars and now you just press a button on your phone and you can read my stories. And that makes me very happy. And so what I would, I know what I would like is for fans to be able to find the Dallas stars in a fairly easy and inexpensive manner. And this new system seems like it could be that. I know it's, you know, they're still discussing it and trying to find mm. ways to mm. get the advertisers to make up the, whatever you guys get, 25 mm. million uh, from Bally Sports. Wow. Something like that, isn't it? Incredible. I don't know, yeah. Mike, I don't talk about this stuff. I'm just fascinated by your insider. <laughs> Anything beyond that to add, or do you merely lob the Molotov cocktail and then back away into the shadows? That's what I find is the best way to do it. I think that's the best way to do it. <laughs> All right, injuries. The Hell Fairy had been overly gracious to the Dallas Stars. No question about it, right? Yes. But, man, they got nailed all at once and at a very inopportune time with the schedule being what it has been. Uh, but with the depletion of rosters come a little bit of erosion of play and success, right? Which the two usually go hand in hand, but not always. Yep. There, there really hasn't been enough step up during this time because you, that, that, that's the way you get through injuries, right? Like they, for good reason, they've, they've uh, been touted as, you know, one of the deeper teams in the league, albeit more so up front than the area where they got hit hardest on defense. But it, it's a time where you just you, you need some heroes when the roster isn't what it was, and they they just haven't received it at the level or consistency that they've needed it, and the the record reflects it here the last little bit. I think that that nails it. It's it's interesting to look back at when Miro went down, and Harley just I mean he really stepped right, up. Right, that's a good point. Right, and, good example. And, these, you know, now that was a young kid stepping up and the other guys I'm sure did, you know, Essa and, and Yanni and, and uh, Ryan Suter stepped up as well. But like the, they, the coaches always say your best players have to be your best players. And right now on a lot of nights, they're good. Uh, like, you know, we talked about the top line, uh, Pete said the other day, th- their numbers are fine. They're just not what they were last year. And at a time when you really could have used last year's numbers, they didn't step up. Yeah. Yeah, the they they've been fortunate, right? Like they've been the healthiest team in the NHL, and even when they ran into an injury, it, it, it always seemed like it was just one guy. Yeah, you know, significant guys. Like you know, you lose Jake Ottinger or you lose Miro Haskin, and that that's a significant hole. Uh, but it's it's never been multiples, and this time it's been multiples, multiple forwards, multiple defensemen, all of it at once. So that makes it. It makes it difficult to overcome. And we, we beat it into the ground last night on the broadcast as they were getting thumped in Colorado that, <laughs> that uh, it, it's like a, a, a confluence of dung, right? You, you have the injuries, you have a very busy schedule, and you have a very busy road-heavy schedule versus some good teams. And that that's kind of the little segment that they find themselves in they'll come out of it you know at at some point here they're going to get they're going to get healthier reinforcements whatever uh and and sort of and they're going to be at home a little bit again which is nice 
Uh, I'll, I'll maybe dive into the uh, 40 to 60 games here in a little bit if, if I feel compelled. But I want to stay on this injury thing because the platinum lining of injuries is always opportunity. Correct. So out of injuries, you get stanky time or stank mania. What a start for Logan Stankoven. Proved already that he has the ability to score in this league. I, you know, his first three games have been excellent. He, like few other people, you know, great start last night and then it faded. The game just got away from them in the second period and didn't notice him as much, but certainly noticed him a minute in, bang, gets set up by Wyatt Johnston. And that's the caveat with this, with young guys sometimes, the adrenaline versus reality conversation. And uh, we'll we'll see where it goes from here. But he is visually easy to enjoy, watch, play, and appreciate. Just the way he plays the game. And you you felt it. It was visceral at American Airlines Center the other night against the Islanders. Uh, because... I think I think a lot of people deserve credit, none more than Logan, but to have your entire fan base understand who he is and, and what he represents and what he could bring and then what he's delivering, I thought was pretty special. Like they standing ovation for the kid scores his first NHL goal. Yeah, and, and it's fun. You, I think you've said this on, on Twitter and on the broadcast on radio shows. You love it when a guy meets the moment. And, you know, I think you tweeted out on Patrick Kane and Chicago mm-hmm. and everything. Like, he met the moment. Like, that. you could have easily crumbled in that situation. And he just, it didn't bother me. In fact, I think he enjoyed it. I think he stepped right into that spotlight and said, all right, bring it on. And for a guy who's 5'8", 171, and it's funny, in his, in his uniform, you look at him and you think, oh, he's a little fire plug. He's not. He's not that big. Like, he's 171 pounds, and he still, he doesn't get pushed around. He gets in and out of traffic, um, and he just seems fearless. And the crowd I appreciates that. One of the guys who loves him the most is Brent Severin. And so we've been to two camps with uh, Logan, and Sevy just can't stop talking about him every time he's on the ice. And that's just the kind of, you know, visual connection a fan can get with a young guy like that, a small guy like that. Yeah, I'm small guys with a motor and, and work ethic and drive and uh, has the ability to finish. It's, it's such a good story. It's good to have a looper in the mix again, I'll tell you <laughs> that. The drafts uh, themselves, you know, 2021 – Taking a little thunder away from 2017 right now, right? <laughs> it's a pretty good draft, especially yeah, when, you, the, when, you, yeah, when you see where they picked them. They didn't get yeah, the third the, overall pick in 2021. Yeah, you got the Wyatt Johnston, Logan Stankoven, Texas two-step. I give a lot of credit to Jim Nell for listening and trusting, to his, uh, trusting his people. Tons of credit to Joe McDonnell, uh, the star's head of amateur scouting for staying so firm on Wyatt and, and, you know, we need to draft Wyatt Johnston and how they massage that draft. And then the confidence that Logan would be there in the second round uh, and they snap him up too. It's yeah, it's a nice little uh, window into excellent management at the draft table. Uh, And look, 
there's been a little, uh, really the first mini kind of regression or dip from the three 2017s. And, uh, you know, you, you just, you know, you think to yourself the first couple of years is like, man, what, this is a rocket ship for these three guys, Haskin and Ottinger and, and Robertson. And, you know, on the path they're going, you're like, okay, well, Robo's going to score 80 one year, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's the team, Mike. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, look, there are peaks and valleys and ebbs and flows in, in this sport. And it's just nice that there's another draft class that is getting some accolades. And I, I went and looked at, at – I think this year will be a dozen drafts under Jim Nill as the general manager. Radic Foxa is the last – pre-nil draft pick that's playing for the stars so it's i mean it's a pretty i mean it's the team in a lot of ways uh nowadays and it's fun to go back and look through and every team can look at hits and misses uh you know i just look at first it's funny it's fun to look at the names though isn't it yeah when you go back through draft classes like the first half dozen drafts first and second rounds and, and any significant later ones. So the first draft, Nachushkin, uh, Dickinson, Nick Paul. Nick Paul was a good pick. He's a good player. Ended up getting you Jason Spezza. He's a good, yes, exactly. Uh, you know, the, they're not always individuals that make it happen on your roster. They can make it happen by being pawns in the big chess game that NHL management is. You had Honka, Pollock, Gurionov, Hints, Tufty, the 2017s, uh, and then Delandria and Erickson. You know, just looking at the, the top end of the draft, the last five, Thomas Harley, not a bad pick. <laughs> Man, no, has he been no, good? Another one of those Ontario kids. Well, upper Shut New your York. mouth. We're talking I about Stankoven. Where did he play, Mike? Uh, I give all credit to Tom Gillardi. Thank you, Mr. Owner. <laughs> I was talking to Wedgwood about that, and he didn't know the whole story. And he goes, oh, girl, give him all, all the credit then. Give the owner the credit. Sure. <laughs> it's his club. That's our club. It is our it's club. It's the Kamloops Blazers. It's where greatness is born. <laughs> Legends become men. Uh, Maverick Bork. Yep. Then you had the uh, actually a trio in the couple uh, first couple of rounds: Wyatt Johnston, Logan Stankoven, and Grish Grishnikov. Grishnikov, yeah. Did I get that one? Uh, close. Defenseman, and then still a little uh, non-confident in how to say his name, but I think it's Bischel. Although I've heard Biskel and uh, what have you, the big. Big, I can't wait for him to come and play, by the way. <laughs> he would be here. Unfortunate, you know, the decisions that, that young guys and their representation make. Like, he was over here. Yes. And had the option to go back and play in Sweden. He's Swiss-born uh, and went back. And unfortunately, like, like, he'd probably be getting an opportunity here right now with the injuries on defense. But took him and, and Kairou, another defenseman, uh, in the 2020, what am I at, 22? Yes. Uh, and then 2023, last summer. 
I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at all the old guys. I, those people aren't here yet. <laughs> I, I can tell you about Natchushkin and Dickinson, but not last year. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just, I, I, it's funny because I, I talk to scouts a lot and I've actually been in some of their meetings as they go pre-draft and it's just such a thankless job sometimes because you work all year and then you may not even get one of your guys chosen. Uh, but I always like the fact that, you know, if you indeed drafted Nachushkin or Dickinson or whoever, and they are playing for another team, you know, uh, it, you still have to feel good about what you did. Uh, you gave your organization, you know, a player who had potential, and then now it's their job to develop in the best they can. And uh, so I, I don't know. I, I like when when uh, scouts get guys who stay in the league for ten years. Agreed. They're good men. They they yes. put in all the all the grunt Travel. work. Oh. oh my god! In the winter. Yeah. In the winter, some of the best players are coming out of Florida and. Arizona nowadays, Mike? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Those guys have way, to go. Those guys have to go north to uh, develop their career. By the way, I was, I was just playing with you. The Stars didn't have a first round pick in twenty twenty two. So there you go. See, that's how bad my memory is. I'm going like yeah, it is bad. <laughs> I it looked at bad. all these, and I don't remember anybody from last year. Let's move on to the uh, current. Uh, how about this road stuff? What a friggin' gauntlet this has been for the yes. Dallas Stars, and I. We were mentioning last night on the award-winning radio broadcast that you forget how good the stars have been at home the last little bit because they haven't been at home. Correct. Like They only have one regulation loss in like the last two months at American Airlines Center. But they've only played, I think, like eight games. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it was like three in 30 days because of the break around the All-Star break and everything. But like that, it just feels weird sitting up in that press box right now. Yeah, it does a little bit. It's going to be nice to be at home and man, they're they're just they're just in a, a funk right now. Yes. And you can see it within their game. Uh, they look, they they've played good games and not yep. won here recently. You think of the game in Boston. You think of the game at Madison Square Garden against a team that isn't losing right now, but everything becomes a little bit habitual. And uh, unfortunately, they're just in this, they're in this way where scorers aren't putting the puck in the net and the goalies are probably not at, you know, flat out quote unquote stealing games for them where um, they might need a little bit of that. So they're getting a little healthier, got Hawk and Paw back into the lineup last night and, and you cross your fingers that they'll get a little more. And we'll touch maybe on the trade deadline that is creeping up here in the next little bit. But, I, you know, it begs the question right now, do they need to bring their, their moms back? <laughs> that was the key. Like 9-2 shellacking <laughs> of the Nashville Predators with their moms there. And they have, they've struggled to put two goals in per game since it is it's an odd thing to be there but you i'm can kidding just, no i know you're kidding but just you can see how their eyes light up and how hard they played for their moms uh and yeah you can only do it one time obviously and get that energy otherwise it's going to wear off but I, I do honestly think that the moms made a difference in that game yeah i think they did the whole trip was a good one yes 
Duchesne slinging the guitar and belting it out and the whole shebang, everybody involved. It was a good night. Seems like eons ago, though, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> the way, it really the way does. This team has plowed forward. So I, th- I found this an interesting answer to a question last night I, I or yesterday. I don't know if you caught it or not because the, the Stars have played a lot against the Eastern Conference. You know, I mentioned that game in Nashville. That's a, a Central Division opponent, uh, and they're trying to get in. They're they're still knocking on the wild card door, uh, but they're they're getting a little busier within the division here obviously the game against Colorado last night they have the division leading Winnipeg Jets tomorrow and somebody asked Jared Bednar the head coach of the Avalanche how hard uh, are you going to chase the number one seed in the central you know because the idea being you get the number one seed you avoid having to play one of these other uh, powers you know if you if you're first if the stars finish first the Jets and the and the Avalanche are going to try to knock each other's blocks off in the opening round. One of them are going to be gone, right? And, or whichever way you want to mix it in there. And his answer, it sounded like a guy that had won a cup and gone through a whack of injuries last year. And that he said, it depends on what you have to do to get there. And I, I like that. Yeah. Right? Because you can absolutely wear individuals out or even your team out, you know, just going to the whip and trying to get that top seed and you get it. And you're like, okay, we avoided that. Game sevens at home here in the uh, playoffs on the way through maybe the West, but do you have anything left for the opening round? Uh, Did you go so hard that, that you just sapped your energy in order to get that? Um, when maybe you should have been resting some individuals and making sure that that you had everybody uh, as invigorated as humanly possible for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think last year's example of uh, when uh, Wedgwood got hurt and uh, the Stars just rode Ottinger, they had Matt Murray, they just... They were they wanted the points. I mean, Ottinger was a, a better choice if you really want to try and catch Colorado for the division lead. Then they lose out on that by one point, and you're like, I don't know if that was worth it. And then Colorado goes and gets beat in the first round. So it's really hard to predict what's going to happen in the NHL playoffs. But I'm, I'm with uh, Bednar in that, you know, yes, you want to go hard. You want everybody to go hard. But if, if it means risking something or, you know, just putting too much into, you know, one pot to, to go chase that division championship, then it, it probably isn't worth it. Yeah. Even that with Jake, I, I bet I would think they, they look in the, in the rear view mirror and they've kind of approached this season with, yeah, more of a, hey, Scott Wedgwood is going to play some games, so we don't have to play Jake Ottinger 65 games uh, this year, so he has a lot left come playoff time for us. Man, it's how hard is that, though? You know, like, they're, they're coaches, they're competitive, they're like, they want to win every game. <laughs> you know, they what, what's the old line? You, you lose a game, you think you're never going to win one again. Uh, and you, you win a game and then you just worry about the next one with them. Like they don't enjoy anything tough. I, 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 I found that really, really interesting, maybe more interesting than other people. And that's why we'll move on stats. 
You, love you know stats. what I think about stats, Mike? They show something, but they don't show everything. They're, they're a lot. They're a lot like a bikini or a speedo. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're gonna go both both male and female. Anyway, the the stats that suggest that the stars are gonna be a tough team to get through come playoff time. It might not feel like it right now just because of, of the muck that they're in. But they they have the best spread attack in the National Hockey League. At least they have for 60 games where lots of 20-goal scores or guys heading there or on the cusp of getting there. Uh, a ton of guys all jammed together atop the Stars scoring list. I, th- I think that makes them more difficult than they've been in a long time around here come playoff time. That's one. Another one that I would mention would be the lack of power play opportunities. And that it, that, that seems odd to even state, but the, if you don't, if you, if you think that there's a paltry amount of power plays in the regular season, well, you get into the playoffs for the most part and discipline is ramped up and it, you know, Games can can turn on a power play goal, but there aren't that many opportunities to do that. And I, I think they found a way this year to be a top, at times the top scoring team in the NHL with their power play chipping in a little bit, but they don't get on it that much. Like, it, did you look at that last night? Like, the Avalanche had had 44 more power play opportunities than the Stars. 44? And I think there's only one team in the league now that that averages less than the the stars per game. So I I like the fact that they don't need that as much as they did a year ago. And I look at the defending Stanley Cup champs. If you looked at their special teams last season, they were okay, but they they didn't dazzle you. They they weren't reliant Vegas on their power play scoring Correct. goals for them. They could score five on five, and they had you know, at least three lines that could score against you. And the stars look more like that this year. Yeah. Pete, Pete's talked about that, you know, just a wave of wave of wave. And, uh, you know, I think the fact that he plays his fourth line, 13, 12, 13 minutes a game, it, it's a big asset for this team because it really can go after. And in the seven game series, I mean, like Colorado is going to lean on its top players and Dallas will be able to go Four lines, four lines, four lines. And I, I do think it can wear a team down over seven games. Can wear them down. And and that's why a lot of teams will probably be looking at the bottom end of their forward lineup and wanting to get a group that spends a, a considerable amount of their shifts in the other team's zone. Like just leaning on them, cycling. Yeah. You know, the, the all these cup champion teams recently have had that. And you... you you want to have the potential to score some goals there and and it would be great if they had a little bit of that to chip in and that's where the the stars could use especially now boy it it really gets magnified when you lose a, a couple bodies right oh yeah Th- then immediately you're looking and you're like okay th- this would be a nice time to get a little more chip in from that line and a little more chip in from your top line it's a big ask yeah. You know, cause you're, you're thinner and, and you don't, you don't have what you had, but still that's what gets you out of these things. 
Anything else that you'd suggest from a, from a statistical category? Um, I think the goaltending is an issue. And I mean, we'll see Jake's been uh, better in the month of February. Obviously, you know, we saw in the playoffs last year, and then, you know, we've seen this year where he's had games where he's been pulled or he's given up four or five goals. Uh, just the overall numbers, and, and it is what it is. And, and, you know, Jake, I think, is going to get things fixed. But I think the thing that scares me is that there's some really good goalies in the Western Conference right now. Uh, you know, Grushnikov's numbers are good. Hellebuck's numbers are good. Demko's numbers are good. So it seems like... Jake is going to have to square off just like he did last night against a really good goalie. And, you know, the, you know, then it's up to him. It's, you know, obviously the entire team has to play well in front of him, but he also has to kind of steal a game or two. And he's, you know, he's shown that he comes off a game where he gives up four or five and he gives up one the next game. So <laughs> yeah. you know, he clearly has yeah. that in him. It's just yeah. trying to do it on a more consistent basis. Yeah. I, the consistency part, probably they, you know, they're, there have been way more games this year where the opposition is getting to four and five. Uh, but the Stars have, until recently, have been able to outscore that and, and win a lot of games. But the, you know, make it's always the make, make the saves you're supposed to make. And then a few that only guys like you can make. That, that, that's the ingredient or the equation to top-notch elite net binding. Uh, in this league and yeah you i mean obviously you're going to need it come come yeah. playoff time they're it's also a very i was gonna say it's not fair to him but like the other team's goalie has been the number one star a lot of nights in in the past six games seven games and and it just kind of shines a light on the stars goaltending when the other team stopping 40 or 38 or whatever it is <laughs> and then you get that argument well we're making the other team's <laughs> goaltender the first star of the game with our inability to put pucks in the net and shooting stupid and all this stuff. We can go all over the place. I know it's, it's a hard game. It's a hard game to play. Two other things. Two other things. It's not that hard to analyze. I've proved that for 27 (laughs) years. Uh, Two other areas I would, I would uh, mention uh, their ability to come back in games. They've had that for multiple years where they, they can get down in games, but they, they can chop it up and get back in. And you're, you know, you need that, you need that come postseason time. It's not always going to go perfectly at the beginning of games and they they don't go away much. And discipline is the other one. They're, they play a disciplined game. They they don't take needless, stupid penalties. Uh, they, they play a disciplined game as far as their structure in that for the most part. But all of this brings us to trade time, right? Yep. And the belief out there that, even if they're fully healthy again on defense, that they could use a right shot defenseman that can play in your top four. Now, I don't think they're alone in that desire, right? It it feels like every contender in both conferences is like, yeah, we'd love to add a defenseman. (laughs) We'd love to add one of those defensemen. Uh, They're always looking for a defenseman at this time of year, but that, that would be probably the, the target for the stars this year, you know, you look back to last year's trade deadline, they felt like they needed a little help up front. They grabbed Adonoff and Max Domi. And both of those guys had major impact on the run to the conference final. And, and then, uh, you know, depending on how they feel about things up front, you could still augment that a little bit and maybe 
not knowing what the injuries are and and who's playing dinged up and all that, do you need a little more uh, depth in some area up front? So that would be that would be my uh, you know uneducated guess at where they're probably looking come trade deadline. What are we now? We're within two weeks, right? March eighth. Yeah, March eighth. Yeah. Yeah, we're close. Um, I think the fact that Thomas Harley has become quote unquote Thomas Harley gives them a little bit of wiggle room on the on the D-man. I'm, I agree with you. Uh, they definitely need a right-handed shot. I think I always had written down that right-handed shot needs to play with Miro Haskinen, so he needs to be a top-pairing defenseman. Um, I think if, if Thomas can do what he did and what he did in the playoffs last year, then you, you have a little bit of wiggle room where we went into that looking for forwards last year, and I don't think any of us thought the Donoff and Domi, and yet they ended up getting both of them, and they ended up, being good. So yes, while, you know, I think a lot of us are focused on Tanev or whoever else is a big name out there. Um, if they can get somebody who can make them better in the top four on defense, uh, I think that's a success. I think what Thomas Harley has done has given them the wiggle room to say, yes, we want the best defenseman we can get. But if we get a, a, a second pairing D man uh, who's right-handed, uh, I think that could definitely help them as well. Thomas Harley with 14 goals. The rest of the Stars defense have 18. (laughs) (laughs) He's a a bit of an outlier in that area. And he's just, he's been a a joy to watch progress this season. Uh, It really has. So, yeah, good point. I'm curious to see how this goes down. It's interesting. The the markets are pretty much still frozen because there are so many teams that still think they can get in. Correct. Like, or I think they're waiting for the offers to go up too. I think yeah, they, of as course. we get closer to, to March 8th, I think teams will sit there and go, all right, you want a first? I'll give you a first. I don't know how many are given first out right now, but in a week they might be. Yeah, you probably don't want to be the guy that sets the market. Yep. Right? Um, but then again, I, I can remember in past, I always had great affection for individuals that would be like, okay, he's the guy, like, we're we're going to go get them and we're going to get them now. And, and then they just pull the trigger and do it and yeah. give up whatever in order to get it. Look, it is such a dartboard because you can find examples where it's worked exactly how they anticipated it was going to work and filled the need. And they went deep or won a cup and plenty of other examples of how they peddled or mortgaged, future in order to get a rental that didn't work out at all. And they fell flat on their face and, you know, five games into the playoffs, they're done and they're headed to the golf course. So I, but it's worth it. it. I think it's worth it to push the chips in a little bit. If you're a true contender and you have an opportunity, you know, they, you built it and uh, the windows in this league really in sports are not as wide open as, unless you're the Kansas city chiefs, I guess, but, or the Patriots back in the day in the NFL, like the, the windows close and, and you want to go for it while you can. And you got, you know, this is an older roster too. So yeah, they've got, yeah, they're going to have to make some decisions in the summer on, right. But do you want to keep you and what's Pavelski, what's Ryan Suter. I mean, you, know, you have a cap and you have to make it work. It's, it's an older roster but it's also a roster that has some calluses built up 
with a lot of the core that has gone through, you know, some miles and, and disappointment in, in playoffs, whether it's in the bubble or not. And uh, it just always feels like that's what leads to ultimate success. You, you got to go through it. And you got to go through it at times. Adversity in the regular season, and the Stars are certainly traipsing through that right now. And you have to go through some of that come playoff time. And I think they've done that too. So there's there's reason to believe they got to get they got to get all their their individuals that they count on going. And yes. that's really probably the goal. Get get fully healthy, and get some guys that that are not going very well right now going uh, at both ends of the rink. And hopefully you just kind of hit your stride. I mean, they've been able to maintain an incredible uh, win or points percentage throughout the first 60 games. And now you now you got to build toward how you're going to play come game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that's what this is all about over the final 20 games. Yeah, I was looking at the trio of teams in the Central Division thinking one of these teams is out in the first round. And I mean, that's just a punch in the gut for whoever that team is. Uh, but then I'm also thinking you got to go through 82 games just to get to the playoffs. And so if you, you know, if you're that team that goes out, you're going like, OK, well now we got to go start again next year. We got to go through another 82 games to get our chance again. So, yeah, you've gone through 60 of these. So, you know, like I say, put the pedal to the metal. Let's push hard. Let's make whatever trade we need to make. And let's really go for it because you don't want to be that team that's out in the first round. Oh, my God. I'm ready to go through a wall now after that speech, Mike. <laughs> that was tremendous. You're like Tony Robbins. I've made every mistake a grown man can make. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, uh, it reminds, I, I think we got a little preview of what playoff hockey has always meant around here. And, you know, patio weather in February. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, even, wasn't even patio i need to be inside with the air conditioner. yeah you're right <laughs> too hot to be on a patio how nuts was that but it it was it it, it did it did grasp me though that we're getting close to yeah. playoff time and it is infinitely better to be where the stars are rather than where they have been in relatively recent past where yeah. they were one of those clubs that was skipping along, you know, eighth, seventh, ninth, just trying to figure out whether you're going to get in 17th overall, man, that that's a, that's a hard life just trying to get in, you know, and every day you're looking at the schedule, they're looking at it from a different perspective right now where they can walk in and see what's going on at the top of the Western conference, the top, of the central division and not looking at that wild card and going, Oh man, what happened in Whereverville last night? And man, they, they got another point in overtime for losing damn. But that's the reality of that, that bubble. And it, in your words, does keep it interesting. It does at this point of the season. I was sitting outside the locker room, uh, waiting to go in and talk it's to a the dressing play. room, Mike, it's a dressing room. We don't lock our stuff up. We trust each other in hockey. In, in Colorado, I think they call them the locker room. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I was sitting out there waiting, thinking, oh, I hate doing this. I hate having to ask some questions and why, why were you bad tonight and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, you know, what's really hard is covering a team that misses a playoffs five years in a row. So, you know, this is a whole lot better than it was back then. And I think, it's, I think the fact that people are upset after a loss is a good thing. I mean, they should be. 
These are important games. Man, did you did you go into the closet and grab your Captain Obvious hat and slap it on this morning for this podcast, Mike? Well, I just, you know, there's some perspective. You're, you're the one I'm kidding. perspective. And I'm, I'm like, kidding. okay, one, one horrible loss isn't the uh, end of the world. Uh, we've yeah. been through worse than this. Yeah, it's it's a better spot to be, right? Where yes. expectation and and the bar has been raised to a certain level. And that's what you, you get from a long period uh, of sustained excellent play that that is our level and yes. and then when you retreat from it for whatever reason there there's immediate frustration you want that you don't want the complacency of uh, we're rebuilding or this isn't our year or whatever again uh cuz that that's no fun at all and then it's just a death march to game 82 and get it over with. Right. And, and try to prop things up in the off season and that instead it's built to get a new coach or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We love doing that in our sport and let's just find new people. Uh, So anyway, anything else? I think that's it. You covered it all. Well, we covered it all, Mike. Come Uh, on. I'm just the Ed McMahon here. We covered it all. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting time. So, our promise uh, after that, a fresh Podman rush for you to consume uh, on a, a more regular basis. Can we make that promise? I can. I'm, I'm here for you, Daryl. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about the technical crew. <laughs> hey, look, we're we're both available all the time. I know. There's no question about that. We'll just get on a cell phone and call each other. <laughs> yeah, we should do a low tech version of this. <laughs> At some point where we just grab a recorder, maybe put it on a VHS tape and uh, stuff it in there. So anyway, interesting hockey upcoming and uh, finally get some uh, Western road trips again. Get to see the San Jose Sharks. Hmm. There's some automatic points in the bank. At least it has. They've been like an ATM this season. The the San Jose Sharks for teams. I know an assistant general manager who's going to be putting that up on the board. <laughs> Inspiring his team with the words of Daryl Ray. Yeah. I, I think they know what they're in. Yeah. I think they understand it. But anyway, uh, look, let's everybody cross your fingers, eyes, toes, everything that the stars find health here in the next little bit and uh, can get sort of their groove back going again and uh, feel we can all feel the anticipation of the potential of this group come playoff time no matter who they're playing doesn't matter and until then i will be me mike will be him and we will be here to cover it all for you mike you have a wonderful day and to all of you out there in podman rushland thanks for the consumption You've been on the Podman Rush with Razor Ray and Mike Ica, presented by Kingsville Brewery, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things Texas hockey, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. See you soon, Tom. Woo! 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 I love that. It's my favorite part of the Podman Rush. The Frisco Fighters are back for another electrifying season of indoor football. 
Don't miss the action-packed, high-scoring intensity that Frisco Fighters indoor football has to offer when they hit the turf in March at Comerica Center in Frisco. From unique theme nights to exciting giveaways, the Frisco Fighters provide entertainment for the whole family. Get your tickets today at FriscoFighters.com.